I have no words in front of me. I'm doing this from memory. <laughs> goes on the wrong word, goes in the right ear. Excuse me, that what you say? The inflection that you feel. Something up about your body piece. The rock little something to tear. Don't just scream. It's a different other world. So when it's open, it's never so discreet. Why don't sang karaoke on my own show uh i used to have a show called karaoke clubhouse you don't sing with the radio you sing on the radio yeah we used to do that here i miss karaoke it's the one thing i miss more than anything else in covid times karaoke oh here we are in the stew okay plugging it in plugging it in plug it in plug it in um, yeah, I was sort of waiting for, like, you know, comedians to come and stuff, but they aren't. And that's fine, because it's safe and fair. And why would they want to be dangerous, even though, like, I got my test. Oh, my God. I've never had any STDs except for my first marriage. Um, I was sexually transmitted from a dildo. I'm super excited to play this song. Hopefully they don't yes. Yes. Yes.
tell you what it means.
Hey, Mutiny Radio listeners. That was Mini Pop. They're a band that I have loved for years and years and years. And if you don't know them, uh, they are a San Francisco local band that uh, that you don't know about. <laughs> all right, more music. No comedians came. I've got bread. I made all this holla. No one, no one cares. It's fine. You care, Mutiny Radio listener. Thanks for being here for me. So. This isn't schizophrenia. I don't want nobody always sitting around me and my man. I don't want. Because company's all right with me every once in a while. Yes, it is. I tell you, I don't mind company. Because company's all right with me every once in a while. Bobos, bangos, 
bright shiny beams, sparkle, spangles, my heart will sing, 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 wearing bubbles, bangles and
with no bromo seltzer handy I don't even shake Men are not a new sensation I've done pretty well I think But this half pint imitation Put me on the blink I'm wild again Beguiled again A simpering, whimpering child again Bewitched, bothered and bewildered Am I? sleep and wouldn't sleep when love came and told me I shouldn't sleep bewitched bothered and bewildered am I lost my but what of it? He is cold, I agree. He can laugh, but I love it. Although the laugh's on me, I'll sing to him each spring to him and long for the day when I'll cling to him bewitched bothered and bewildered am I he's a fool and don't I know it but a fool can have his charm I'm in love and don't I show it Like a babe in arms Love's the same old sad sensation Lately I've not slept a wink Since this half pint imitation Put me on the blink I've sinned a lot I mean a lot but I'm like sweet seventeen a lot bewitched bothered and bewildered am I I'll sing to him spring to him and worship the trousers that cling to him bewitched bothered and bewildered am I when he talks he is seeking Word.
managed to get off his chest horizontally speaking he's at his very best vexed again perplexed again Thank God I can be oversexed again, bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. Am I? Wise at last, my eyes at last are cutting you down to your size at last bewitched bothered and bewildered no more burned a lot but learned a lot and now you are broke so you earned a lot bewitched bothered and bewildered no more couldn't eat was dyspeptic life was so hard to Now my heart's antiseptic Since you moved out of there Romance finny Your chance finny Those ants that invaded my pants Finny
don't believe in reincarnation because I refuse to come back as a bug or as a rabbit. No, you're a real up person.
of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Tebow of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do, to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 
you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast. Tuned every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it and don't let poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Francisco, what are you doing this week? Come join Mutiny Radio Presents for four different comedy shows supporting local businesses in the Mission District and beyond. On Sunday, join us in the Tenderloin at Resolute Wine Bar, 678 Geary for Barrel of Laughs at Resolute, an amazing comedy show with the best wines curated by Resolute. On Wednesdays, join us at Asiento. At and 21st and Bryant for dinner and a show at Asiento. Delicious tapas, incredible drinks, hilarious comedy Wednesday nights at 7.30. On Fridays at 7 o'clock, join us outside mutinyradio.fm here at 21st and Florida, 7 o'clock for outdoor comedy, socially distanced in the street. And Saturdays, join us at Atlas Cafe SF. 20th in Alabama for Titans of Comedy every Saturday at 2 o'clock. Hey, keep supporting local businesses and comedy here in San Francisco with your friends at Mutiny Radio. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England. All right, Carl, here's my new theme song.
W A F L M O Y T. Flip, 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 flip. on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. L-O-Y-T. That is the acronym you need to subscribe to our podcast. It stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi. It was almost musical the way you just said that. Let's watch. <laughs> Do it again. Uh, uh, let's watch a full-length movie. I can't recreate the magic. I, I'm trying to swim and podcast at the same time so i'm actually <laughs> gasping for air while i do my laps it's to swim with my mask on Mm-hmm. that's the that's it look germs are everywhere they could be in the pool you need your mask on my, my gym has reopened the pool and uh oh that's a mistake <laughs> all that steam no 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 no, no. it's walking oh. through the air water droplets with the virus on them Listen, the only, thing I, the only thing I loved about that club was the, the steam room, the sauna. How great was that? Yeah. Was, yeah, I would just go. Like, if I had an hour, I would just go and kill it, you know. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hope you learned a lot about Carl and me. We have a show. It's Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube. You join us, let us, and you listen to our podcast at the same time. Yeah, yeah. We're a big family. And, of course, we are broadcasting, we stream first, on the illustrious, wondrous, <laughs> mutinyradio.fm. Yay! Yes! Uh, we're on the air every Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Why don't you make a habit? Usually at 7 o'clock, Pam Benjamin, station manager, has a live show. Comedy. Interesting. So it's worth an afternoon. So if you're listening now, Hello. Or if you're listening later on Sunday, you're listening to our podcast. Hello. So, and also I should mention we have a YouTube channel by the acronym LWALF. Whoa. Oh. W. A L F. Okay. L W A F L M O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T. Oh, thank God. Oh, what is the movie we're watching today? Okay, today we will watch the number 92. 92 in the shade, 1975. Oh, 1975? Mm-hmm. Why are we going back to our babysitter theater? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was, I was nine years old. So you had my next-door neighbor babysit you when you were nine years old? 
Yeah, and I saw Patty Way's mom's butt. Oh, okay. We're going to change the subject. 92 in the Shade is the movie. Uh, what channel is hosting this movie? Okay, we like Odds and Sods. Okay. Did I say it right? It's not in front of me right now. I think it's Odd Sods. Odd no Sods. Okay, and I guess the guy's English. There was a Who album called Odds and Sods. Odd, Odds, Odd the Sods? What is it? <laughs> Odd Sods. Odd I, don't, sods. I don't have a cue yet. I just have the movie set up. Uh, let's say O-D-D-S-S-O-D-S. Odd Sods. O-D-D-S-S-O-D-S. Okay, so once again, you put in your YouTube search the number 92 in the shade and 1975, and you will come up with the full-length movie. You'll probably see Peter Fonda's face, and you will choose Odd Sods. Hey, before we start the movie, can we talk about the screen grab of Peter Fonda's face? Okay. <laughs> He's doing that, like, casual smile thing, you know, yep. like how handsome you look when they just catch you on the fly. <laughs> But he really looks like he's grinding peppercorn or something. I don't know. It's like, disturbing. I, I, I mean, if it wasn't for the show, I would, I would pass on this video just from the screen. Right, just from looking at the. Yeah, never look, read a book by its cover. Same thing. Never touch a YouTube <laughs> video by the screen. It has words on it and it has a picture of the guy's face making a shock expression, and then there's a picture of a carrot and it says, "I took the hundred dollar carrot challenge." <laughs> you won't video. believe what she says at the end. <laughs> clickbait, clickbait. <laughs> top rent, top ten reasons to grab your attention. <laughs> Number six. <laughs> All right, well, Lisa, we want your attention for the next ninety minutes. Is is this movie? That's a good length for movie, right, right? But it really should have been ninety-two to go along with ninety-two in the shade. Plus, the version we're watching is a little abbreviated, and I'll explain. Now, I understand we're watching the European movie uh, version. Which is, of course, called Alexa. What is 92 degrees Fahrenheit in Celsius? <laughs> 93 degrees Fahrenheit is 33.3 degrees Celsius. 3.3? <laughs> yeah. In the shade. <laughs> See, I'm still performing stand up. Uh, blimey, it's hot today. Why? What? What's the temperature? It's like 32. What? Freezing <laughs> temperature? That's is that your Ricky Gervais? <laughs> this is my Ricky Gervais again, yeah. He will always be my go-to uh, impression, just, just do an accent. Oh, well, yeah, this is done. <clears throat> all right, ladies and gentlemen, so go ahead, type in 92 in the shade, 1975, using all numbers, and when numbers are needed, find the odd side version, uh, click the link, hit pause immediately, move that timer to zero, zero, zero. We're very excited. Yes. We have a, a comedian from New Jersey, very Hello, funny. Celebrity. I was going to say celebrity. I know this guy's a, uh, or woman is a celebrity. Whoever right. this person is, who I am not aware of, one of my favorites. <coughs> Carl, take it away. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This time with our comedian, No Filter Paul. Hey, what's going on, Carl? Nice to hear you. How's everyone doing? Everybody's doing fine over here. I hope you're surviving this COVID world. I'm loving not going to my office more than once a week. It's amazing. That's terrific. Now, your name, No Filter Paul. No Filter, which is true. I find that to be true about you on stage. But right. it's like, how did you arrive at that name? Well, so the, the first time that I did Opie and Anthony with Jim Norton, he gave me that name. 
the second the second time I went on after the first appearance, he started calling it that to me, and that was it. So, so what? Start... You were just making statements, and he's going, "This guy's got no filter." Well, we, 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 uh, the first time I was on O&A, I had a big interview. It was me and my wife and all the guys, and we talked about some stories of like you know, growing up and like adult you know sex stories and fun things that happen in England and all this. And he immediately figured out, I guess I have no filter. So on the second time I was on the show, he just started calling me no filter Paul. That's perfect. And why would I get rid of it? People say to me, why, why do you use that name for the comedy? I'm like, because I got named it on a, a national radio show. Why would I get rid of it? I don't know. Now that went on to be a lengthy engagement with Opie and Anthony. And uh, how, how long were you a part of that? How deeply involved? I think he did some merchandising. Tell us about- That's how I started talking to Jimmy is I was actually working for him. I built his website and I, uh, I made his t-shirts and stuff. And that's kind of how I got to know him. And then he brought me to the O&A show because he said, you know, this guy's got a character that would be fun on the show. You know, and the next thing you know, I'm out, they're sending me out to do stupid crap with signs behind news reporters and mm-hmm. taking laxative in weird places. And I mean, it, you know, you can just imagine. <laughs> Don't go to YouTube and type no filter for whatever you do, especially if you're at work like Carlos. <laughs> so you absolutely grew that into a gig. And uh, that's oh, impressive. Yeah. yeah. He told me, he, Norton told me I should do stand up, you know, 15 years ago because he said, you know how to write comedy, you know. You might be really annoying, but you know how to write comedy. And I just <laughs> never had the pause. And then like three years ago, actually, I, I, I talked to my buddy Dave Hodge there. And uh, he sa- I said to him, I, I really should try stand-up. And this was like Monday. And on, he said on Saturday, you're doing, uh, you're doing three minutes at a, at a comedy show. Very nice. I wasn't even on open mic. My first time on stage was at a real comedy show in uh, Bayonne. New you York. hit the ground running. Oh, oh yeah, dude. I, I, I did... 400 and something odd mics in that first year. Some crazy, crazy number. It was like, it's like 700 for two and a half years. So speaking of annoying, you've got this accent. (laughs) Now, I'm just wondering, this accent, like you're the one with it. You're the one who has all experiences with it when you're on stage. So I'm wondering with an audience, like, do you feel the accent helps you? It hurts you? What's your opinion? Um, I don't know. You you do get people sometimes don't understand if I talk too quick, especially if I've been to England or talked to English people recently. I mm. get much faster than this. I do find I have a bit of leeway with certain words that in America would be harder for some people to say. You know what I mean? Gotcha. People, say, people say the way I say certain words. I don't know what the rating of this podcast is, so I'm not going to say it. But you, you you know the words you can say, you take it like you know as tongue in cheek. You know? Gotcha. Yeah, like, uh, and also sometimes you say a word that's a slang in English. Like we say yes. fire department, right? That was the famous one. Oh, fire brigade was the famous one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there's a few like that. that. There's a few. And, and you know, this, what's funny is, you know, 30 people didn't even notice except some idiot that we all know in the back of the room. Yeah, named Carl. <laughs> Actually, it was John Hollywood. Oh, a fire brigade. I remember yes, yeah, you heard, yes. Then, yeah, then you piled on like normal. So, it's either you at first, then him, or him, then you. It doesn't matter, you know. I'm always piling on. But I enjoy it. You know, I honestly, I, I have more fun coming to do that than I do a lot of stuff, you know. But I don't really do your accent, do I? I just do. No, you do. You do uh, very, a lot of people, when they do accents that don't know how to do impressions, I'm not saying, I'm not putting you down, but mm-hmm. they don't know how to do impressions, they over-exaggerate. The accent 
you, you, you've got like a over twist, exaggerated kind of thing that you do, or like lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Right. Or, you know, but uh, I mean, it always makes me laugh because it's like a lot of people, you know, haven't traveled the world. I mean, you can see more of it now because of YouTube and stuff. A lot of people that haven't traveled the world, they don't know it's like America. There's 50 different accents. The more north you get in England, I have trouble understanding those people. So you yeah. guys haven't got a hell chance, you know? Yeah. England really has a wide, wide range. Yeah. Um, okay. So everyone at home is getting ready to watch this movie. We're all going to press play at the exact same time. So why don't you count us off? All right. Here we go. Debbie Dust Dallas. You ready, guys? Ready? Five, four, Three, two, one, go! Very excited to watch this. Now, this looks like a serious movie. It can be at times. Sometimes it's, it's pretty easy. funny. Isn't it the Muppet Show logo? Do you remember the old Muppet Show? Or just yeah. the ITC? It's the year. It's the, oh, that thing. Yeah, that is the ITC. It's a British company, and it funded this. And they used to do Space 1999 and Muppet yeah. Show. And you would see their logo. It would be very yeah, familiar right. on TV. Mm. Wow. This is cool, man. I like the font. Yellow 92, the little smiley face. First time I ever thought that I saw this film, I thought they were in Cuba. Because he drives his bike to this place that's Cuban. You'll see. There's wow. Peter Kidder and Peter Fonda. Yeah, and, and British man. you got to be kidding. Harry Coming right up. You will see. Nope. We saw a movie with Warren Oates and Harry Dean Stanton. Right. We did. Cockfight. Cockfight. Look, Cockfight. see how it says Sociedad de Cuba? or Yeah, so you said this must be Cuba. Right. Look at the architecture. It's kind of, you know, 40s, 30s, well, above. Nowadays, that place is a closed uh, Starbucks. Or they yeah, have the service right. from the door. It, now, yeah, they emptied that out, and it's a Planet Fitness. <laughs> you hear yeah. this kind of music? That's what we'll hear throughout this lazy, lazy, hickey music. I don't mind it. Music. I don't know why I have the volume on, but it's uh, all right. But thank you. This music reminds me to mute my sound. <laughs> you see that? Look at that Volkswagen bug. Yeah. This kind of looks like Los Angeles, maybe. No. This no? is Key West, Florida. Key West, Florida. Oh, no, Carl. Uh, I'm a bad movie girl, Carl, about Florida movies. Yeah. Yeah, I'm obsessed by exterior shots because this Florida is windy and you can't control the wind. Right. And you can tell how professional a shot is by whether or not the trees in the background are whipping up a storm and the hair is moving around. Yes. Yeah. antithetical to what's actually going on. Well, you will see calm weather throughout this whole – there are many exterior shots, but you'll see. Yeah, I mean, so far so good. So you see how the trees are blowing? That's nothing yeah. before the wind, right? There's right, exactly. But I always take, like, uh, one of my favorite Florida movies is Jerry Lewis and Hardly Working, and you just see everything whipping around while you saw it. <laughs> that's available on YouTube, by the way. Uh-huh. That, that's an idea. Now, uh, this guy, is his name is John Quaid. And you've seen his face before, but my my research has failed me. He, wait, 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 wait. John Quaid, get your ass to Mars. Right, exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> Ooh, look, clickbait. 
Oh, Bates story. Oh, there's Harry Dean. That's right. Harry Dean Stanton has showed up. Now, Peter Fonda's character is someone who's like, um, uh, his name's Tom Skelton, and he was, I don't know, he lived somewhere else. He's moving home to the Keys. And that's why he, like, knows the locals. And they're like, we, we didn't think we'd see you. So he's basically seeing a friend. It's a guy, Harry Dean Stanton goes out and charters fishing trips, okay? And people pay him a bunch of money to go and get the best fishes and a trophy fish. Wait, 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 wait. I know, so is the movie that, like, a rich couple hires him and then she seduces him and then they kill the husband and then the cops? That's a great idea. If this was Jeff Bridges and... Yeah. Let's watch that. Let's watch that one. It's much better. Well, you know, that's that's the, a good setup, and we've seen that plot before, be it Basic Instinct or... Yeah, A Lady from Shanghai, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My husband can't... Film noir. My husband can't know. I'm committing a <laughs> murder for pussy. Okay. I was in love. <laughs> the, the voiceover. Yay, oh. say that the best way to a murder. I don't he was on the Florida Keys in a boat when Peter Fonda began his slow descent into murder. <laughs> you do sound like Orson Welles from uh... Murder for a Woman's Affection. Now, Harry Dean Sandman looks younger and shorter in this movie. Yeah, well, this is 1975, and Harry Dan Dean Stanton aged well, but okay, you saw him in Cockfighter, and yes. here he is again. It's our hero, our reason for this notes. movie. Do you think there's a war in notes? Look how young he looks. Yeah. That's not a compliment. He doesn't and look he's old much. looking. Now, look, the people at home would probably know him from Stripes. He was the sergeant in Stripes. At least that's how I know him. But he's like a wonderful actor. He did a <laughs> two-lane blacktop with Peter Fonda and uh, Warren Oates. It's this mm -hmm. great kind of minimalist... Uh, I guess minimalist, but it's a, it's a racing movie, you know, and it's good. Yeah, it's really good, actually. I mean, it's it's bad. It doesn't end right, you know, but I'm saying yeah. you're watching a piece of history. It's pretty good. And um, he was also in uh, The Wild Bunch with Peter Fonda. Yeah, that's right. He's, well, he was also in, uh, gosh, we're naming all these movies, uh, Bring Me the Head of, uh, God, what is it? Right. It's the same I director as Ann Peckinpah. Bring me the head of Fredo Garcia or something like that. And he's just great in it. Now, what we're watching is his annual suicide run. About once a year, he just hates life and he decides he's going to kill himself. And it's always around the same time. So Harry Dean Stanton knew that and basically went to save him, you know. Oh. And it's like, we don't think he was really going to kill himself, but I don't That's know. He's serious about it. Mo does that every Christmas on The Simpsons, right? He's like, oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, they were. Well, this guy, who my research has failed us, um, it's Quaid. He's like teasing Harry Dan Stanton like he wasn't going to really kill himself, kind of thing. And not, I'm sorry, um, uh, Warren Oates. Look, I'm just going to call him Nickel. His name is Nickel, and his last name is Dance. So look, pants. he's chasing him with the hook where you hook a fish. It'll really kill a man. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like an Armageddon where uh, Bruce Willis chases Ben Affleck around with a shotgun. Now, look. Here. He cuts him. He did it. Look. 
Look, there's blood. Where's and he's asshole? like, I could pull this right through you. You know, like picture of you gutted is a dollar fifty. <laughs> That's right. Hang him up on that hook with stand <laughs> on the dock with the weight scale. Now That's he's weird. like bemoaning. He's like, why'd I do that? Now I gotta go to jail. God damn it, why'd I do that? Now <laughs> Lord, this, this movie begins with him fucking assaulting a man. So Peter Fonda offers, why don't you loan me your skiff, your boat, and I'll take your clients out while you're in jail. That way you don't lose them. And we find out Peter's interested in being the, in their profession, going chartering boats. That sounds like fun. Doesn't this look like fun? I, I, it <laughs> looks like it, it does not look like fun. <laughs> You'll see. You get an office with a window view. Listen, oh, I this? Have, this? I, if I had a window in my office, I would fucking pause. <laughs> Lazy cheerleader. Oops, now, this is weird. Pants. He used to have a career like being the head of a marching band. I don't know how you have a career at that. Oh, Maybe it was just her yeah. glory days in high school. I don't know. But she's all into it. And John Philip Sousa is playing right now. Look at uh, the old suits. The chocolate. Do you, you see, for taxes, she puts down occupation cheerleader. <laughs> she's housewife right now, and she she doesn't hate it. She doesn't hate it, but but there's no she's real busy. opportunity to lead our marching band. So we see that right now she's a bit of a pretender. She hid the chocolates, which costs money. She's pretending that she's in there ironing his shirt when she right. was really doing her dance routines. All wearing sexy lingerie. Right. For sexy first time? Sexy. Oh, while leaving the iron on. Huh. Right. And she goes, I burnt it. I burnt it. Shucks. Yeah, wait a minute. She was she had the iron on in the other room. Like, listen, I, I, I don't like, know. I don't see how that could have worked because it was standing up when she came in. Yeah. Harry Dean Stan is late for the safari, apparently. No, she's Jeannie in this movie, and she's married uh, to Harry Dean Stanton. Sorry. But, um, she, in truth, was like having a big affair with the with the director of this film. The director of this film also wrote a book of this same title, and this is basically his film come to his book come to movies, and he got to do it. So it's perfect for you know. Yeah. It, and it, so far, he's a competent director. I mean, this is a really intriguing shot. It's his I mean, only directing credit. It, it, oh. This was his one chance, and he kind of blew it, believe it or not. But this is great. Look, he's got natural lighting with the two lamps in the middle. <laughs> yeah. He is a, um, he's a writer. He's had a lot of success. He has like eight writing credits. He did novels. He did journals about his time in wildlife in Montana. He, he's, oh. he's for real, but he's a a jerk kind of guy right now. It's it's like the 60s are over. He's having a three-way sexual utopian affair with his wife and the woman we're seeing on television right now, Elizabeth Ashley. They're like a threesome. <laughs> That's so nuts. But then Margot Kidder will come along yeah. and seduce well, I don't know if that's the word. She will definitely fall in love with the director and the director will divorce what? his wife and marry Margot Kidder. Yeah. Wait, this sounds more interesting than whatever movie. Yeah, made. it's a better movie. It's a better movie. <laughs> he, like Margot Kidder. Is, now, did she commit suicide, Carl? Am I going to yeah, be Yeah, she did. She did. 
but she yeah. did it in a way like she just made sure she overdosed on pills and alcohol so that she could just fade away. It's now, a so healthy way to go. And she's the grandchild of Ernest Hemingway or something like that, right? I don't think so. Um, Let's see through carpet samples. Pick, fuchsia or, or eggshell? Oh, basically, this is all about she's spending money and he doesn't have money. She's just now told Harry Dean Stanton that she is pregnant. And she did oh. it in a, the director did it in a great way. He really did. We miss it because we don't play the audio. We don't play the audio. So the baby never materializes in, any, into anything in the plot. What I don't approve of in this movie is we're going to see some subplots, but they don't pertain to the hero's main journey, which is... Uh, Should buddy? I tell you now and ruin it? Can I guess? Yeah. Before you ruin it? Yeah. Look at all that fish. First off, that is some serious That's his job. Fish. That's his job. Yeah, but can you imagine if you had them all on and they're all singing? It would drive you crazy. <laughs> Happy birthday, man. <laughs> it's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. You press <laughs> them all at once. You have to time it exactly right. Now he's going to take over Wernos. Wernos is not going to go to jail, or he's going to escape, and they're going to be on a boat, and then shit's going to happen on a boat. Correct. That's exactly right. They're going after a killer way, a killer shark, actually. Okay. <laughs> oh, a killer shark. <laughs> So he, this guy has no direction, Peter Fonda. He's back home from wherever he was. And he's like, I'm going to be a skip boat captain, you know, charter fish, just like Dance and uh, Carter, you know, our, our heroes, because it's all I know how to do. I can do it. That's why, it's, because it's available. Look at the joints in the 70s, man. They were thick. Yeah. yeah. Look how it's glowing red from the cherry in the front. Granted, it's only uh, 6% THC, but, you know, it's the 70s. Now, I know it looks red, but the truth is it's a Cuban cigar. It's so, not a carrot? <laughs> so the thing is, they don't want him to be a skip boat captain, okay? So his actual literal life will be in danger. He'll be, his life will be threatened, and he'll decide to still become the captain of a skip boat. Just because huh. It's not clear why. It's not clear why he's not afraid to die. No, is her character name is Flipper? Flipper. <laughs> uh, yeah. Miranda. Well, she's a school teacher, and she's the girlfriend of Peter Fonda, and she will be throughout. Um, so he came back, and his girlfriend was there. That's not explained, but yes, it's not explained. He, he's back. But it's as if he's never left. You'll see it in his relationship with his father, with his grandfather. It's like he never left. Huh. And also, it's not even really well done. In the beginning, that Quaid guy is like, we thought we'd seen the last of you. You know, right, right, right. we got a little backstory. Ooh, look at that. That's prime Fonda. <laughs> Shirtless Fonda. Nope. Who's your favorite Fonda, Henry, Jane, or uh, Peter? Um, Jane Fonda is my favorite Fonda. Uh, Henry Fonda is really good, it, but his but it's filtered through the light of I'm in the '50s movies. I have to be a it was his vaudeville, you know. Right. You don't get to see the real. Even in On Golden Pond, I was not believing because his character was like I'm grouchy, I'm grouchy, I'm grouchy. That's all. 
the whole thing. I'm grouchy. Even when he like fell in love with his grandson and they changed everything and went <laughs> to fish, he was still like, I'm being grouchy. Now, well, that, Mary, that movie seemed really odd. I uh, think that Peter Fonda's always walking through his stuff. Jane Fonda's got to be my favorite. Bridget. Did, is that William Hickey? Yes. Look how young Fonda. William Hickey is. Well, he's the father in this, and he's resigned himself to the fact that he's going to live in this mosquito tent. <laughs> now, look, Burgess Meredith is dropping the N-bomb right now. Why? His, his wife goes, we're having such and such. And he goes, I don't want any N-word food. <laughs> look, and he's mad at his son. He's mad at his son for staying in the tent. So we got grandfather, father, son here. And there's a little Aren't they all the same fucking age? William Hickey's always 90 years old. Burgess Meredith is always 90 years old. That's right. It's a little hard to pull off the, uh, does he look old enough really to be Peter Fonda's father? Yeah, I guess so. It's just strange that we see actors that we know more for the later roles. And they're younger, right. you know, much aged. If this really is William Hickey from Fitzy's Honor, he has like a wrinkly yeah. persona, as you know, he has that rough, gravelly voice. Right. But he's a lot more wrinkly than he was in 75. <laughs> he is a lot more wrinkly. People know him from uh, Christmas, uh, National Lampoon's uh, Christmas vacation. vacation, which wasn't a vacation. That's why I always get. Yeah, you always get choked up. The Vegas vacation was a vacation. The, the vacation? Yeah, they went on vacation. European vacation, they're on vacation. Okay, now look, Peter Fonda has come to visit uh, Nickel, Nickel Dance, in prison, and basically he's telling him a story about how he killed a man once, you know? Who, Peter Fonda killed a man? No. Or Warren? Nick yeah, Warren. Nickel, Let's Nickel just back. call him Dance. Let's call him Dance. So it's strange because you remember the the dance halls where you would dance with a girlfriend. Yep, a nickel. Mm -hmm. So he's he's a nickel dancer. He's even cheaper than the. the he's, he's a throwback to an earlier time of hooer. Also, you know, uh, being fans of the Bush administration, every time I hear nickel, I think of No Child Left Behind, <laughs> with, aka nickel. Gotcha. Nickelback. Yeah, I think of the band. <laughs> so basically what the director is doing is saying, hey, this is a person who could potentially commit murder. That's what he's letting us know. He's killed before. He's killed before. What's to say that for a good time? You're only party as you're free. You're, you're only, only pretty? 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 I guess they mean you're only as pretty as you feel, which is great oh, advice. Yeah. If estrogen courses through your veins. <laughs> it has no place in the men's prison. <laughs> it's a weird choice, director. And it was probably it's in his novel. Listen, in 19, what, in 1970, this guy moved from his home of Montana to the Florida Keys. And right. he just had a party house, a party house. He was just a guy. He was a writer. He had been published before. He had a... Um, he had made a book, uh, he had written a script called Rancho Deluxe, which got him a lot of success. He was married to a woman who is the sister of Jimmy Buffett. Now, that, that's as Florida as you can get right there. 
Do you know Jimmy Buffett? This, you know, uh, back in Margaritaville. <laughs> I, I heard he had a close uh, during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Jimmy Buffet was shut, but you could have take. Uh, you know, you could order on the curbside pickup. Curbside pickup, which is not as fun. Actually, Carl, one of my favorite buffet Chinese places in uh, San Francisco is called China Fun. It's been around since the '90s when I moved in here, and it's like a downtown place. You would go during lunch, and uh, you would. You would do the weigh it by a pound and then go upstairs. Right. Uh, I recommend the place. I went there recently. I was short like 50 cents. She, she spotted me, so God bless. <laughs> the way it's set up now is that it's not self-service. She has one table, one uh, steam tray with a shield, and it's uh, they moved it up by the cash register, and you have to say, I want the uh, beef and broccoli or what have you. If you know have the last 50 cents, you know come to buffet. It's it very was, different in Jersey. Very different in Jersey, yeah. In San Francisco, we don't do this stereotypes. But anyway, uh, they. <laughs> it was the second time I was short, by the way. Like a couple years ago, I went in there and I, I was short and they, they spotted me. So I felt bad. The but, kind of joke like that with the racism stuff, it really would have appealed to our celebrity comedian who did the countdown. Oh, by the way, I, I should have said something when the movie started because all the energy of the show goes towards the, the celebrity comedian. Uh, <laughs> terrific. Terrific guy. Was a guy? Yes, it was a guy, and he is someone to celebrate. That is why he's a celebrity. Now, this is like Thurston Howell the Third and Lovey, except if they would squabble and fight. And he looks recognizable. Yeah. Well, the truth is, it's really. Uh, gosh, it's it's in front of me. So I'll talk about it later. But the po- point of the plot is, it's his first charter. This is a big deal. He's profiting off the fact that Dance is in prison, and he's taking his charter. Um, so that's what's important for the plot that you know for this scene. Are these guys douchebags? Uh, yeah. No? <laughs> yeah, they're douchebags. <laughs> oh, I've got a fish, eh? I live in a house. Roderick, yeah, and he is born in Hoboken, New Jersey, but he's yeah. Roger Corman's, like, he was in Roger Corman's sci-fi thrillers. Yeah, he has a definite look. I could see him from Jersey. Look, he's from New Hoboken, and now he's in the Florida Keys. God bless. God bless. <laughs> he's like, nope. sit down, lovey, you're not doing it right. Give me that poor young man. You said this is a three-hour tour? <laughs> uh, yes, sir. That's exactly what Peter Fond is like. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He goes, I see the fish. I'll go get it for you, Mr. Mister Howell. Mr. Howell? Yeah. Why don't you jib back us up? Now, the director does something really good now. Peter Fonda goes into the thicket, into the wild, you know, to, to retrieve this uh, caught fish. fish. When he does, like, the director takes us a long while. He has a little journey in there. You know, while the howls wait. What happens is he gets the fish and he kind of like admires it. Look at that spider web, that real life yeah, spider web he's got. That's a real life spider touch. web. Or the keys. He likes the fish and he lets it go. He doesn't give it back to Mr. Howell. You know, he, he lets it go. It's really well done. It's very good. Look how it's like so deep in. It's taking forever. So Howell hooked the fish, and then the fish swam off and got tangled up, and now Peter's going to go 
Rifkin. Right. And it's like it's like Howell left the didn't hook the he didn't catch the line. He just let him run. Look, he's still even swimming away. Yeah. Hey, little fishy. Now, how long ago did we leave the Howells, right? I mean, Ooh, uh, yeah. really got us on a journey here. And because it's there's well some time lapsing when he was walking through the, the Everglades. Yeah. Is it the Everglades? It wasn't. Yeah. Well, no, it's the Florida Keys. It's really not the Everglades at all. So um, the... Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Slapping that fish. <laughs> Literally. Not, yeah, he, he likes it and he lets it go. Oh, yeah, the time lapse part. He didn't time lapse as much as he, like, quickly faded to black and then faded up again, letting yeah. him think that the time has passed. But it, it was a journey, though. I mean, he was, he was conveying a journey. So he's coming out to report, I'm so sorry, Mr. Hal, the fish got away, sir. But the howls are gone. That is trippy. You think the fish caught him? What the hell? Do 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 do. I'm Burgess Meredith doing the voice of Rod Sterling for the movie. Do, Burgess do, do, do. Meredith. He's gonna play a, the grandfather, and he's like a lawyer in this town, and he owns this town. You see. <laughs> He was the voiceover for the Twilight Zone, the movie. He he was appeared in the segment, but he did the Rod Sterling voice. Perfect. Yeah. Not, not perfect like Rod Sterling, but he has perfect a as narrator. Right. Yeah. Now he was in King Lear. That's what we saw in her show, which is a piece yes. of shit movie. Ladies and gentlemen, do not see King Lear. You'll Ooh. see on the video box it'll say Woody Allen, Burgess Meredith, Molly yeah. Ringwald. Yeah, Norman Mailer. We're, of course, talking about John Luke Goddard's yeah. canon production of King Lear. Which, you know, I saw that canon film movie uh, documentary uh, to research Going Bananas, and they talk about how much, like, Goddard just screwed those guys over. Yeah. They would go, uh, Golden Globus are these famous producers from the 80s and 90s, and they, their stopping ground was Kong's Film Festival where they would make and shake deals. And one of the deals they got notoriously on a cocktail napkin was that Jean-Luc Godard, the famous... Uh, yeah, actor, will make a film for them. <laughs> and uh, we watched it. It's on YouTube. It's called King Lear. It's a piece of shit. Yeah, don't see it. Well, you can see it as a cur curiosity if you want, but I'm just saying don't get suckered for it because you see the stars that are in it. Okay, now, you know, look. He finally quits looking for the howls. He comes back to the bar, and who's there? The howls! Ha, ha, ha! Everyone's laughing at him. It's humiliating. Ha, ha, ha. But they just went, they walked back? No. What happened is Dance went out there with Carter's boat and uh, picked him up because it was his old charter. He says, come on, we're playing a joke on the kid. Why did you an English accent? Because you're Ricky Chavez. Here's a picture of my cat. Why did I do an English accent? Dumb. Ricky Chavez. <laughs> uh, I'm saying something cruel on you on Twitter as a joke. Are you <laughs> referring to our to the reunion show? Yes. You so do you listen to that and me stick my stand up in there? Wasn't that yeah. like ass kissy? Like I was taking advantage. You know what I mean? No, no, no. You yes. it was. I'll listen, that footage, that footage was lost to the ages. You brought it up in the live show and then uh, you inserted it. By the way. I highly recommend our live show episode. Yeah, it's fun. Just aired uh, the first of March, uh, the first uh, March seventh, I should say. Yeah. And 
it was a live show on March 7th, 2020 in this in the uh, station. And honestly, I think it was the last live show I did, Carl. Uh-huh. And this I'm was exactly to... one year because it was the date of the 7th because February skips two days or one day. <laughs> right, well, there was a day. But, so you know, because exactly uh, the World Health Organization declared the pandemic on March 11th, 2020, mm-hmm. and the show was on March 7th, four days before the official shutdown. Gotcha. So, and I, I got to fly home. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, did I do another set in those four days? Yes, you did. Um, uh, I have recordings of you doing multiple sets. Okay, I just want to bring us back to the movie because a very yeah. important thing is about to happen. So he went in there. He got humiliated. It was his very first day as a skip captain. He's all upset, even though he's a terrible actor. So you see hardly any emotion. <laughs> oh, why'd you have to go there? Okay. So he is going to fucking burn Dance's boat. Burn the skip. Yeah. And Carter, Carter tried to talk him out of it, Harry Dean Stanton. Look, he Look cut his own gas. He cut Carter's gas. Uh, no, he cut his own gas line. He's filling it with gas, and he's just going to torch it. Man, would you want to grow up in the Keys where you were boats? You know, to burn a boat by cutting the gas line, like because you're so into it. <laughs> I don't know. I think anybody could have figured that out. But okay, I'm a dumb dumb. I wouldn't figure that out. Now, I would just burned it without it. Here's a movie complaint. You know I have it. The explosion is way too large. Way too large for just a little <laughs> Look at that. Holy shit. Right. You see how the director made the light flash? Yeah. Very well done. I mean, other than being a... Now, what you're seeing burning there is Dance's livelihood. It's up in flames. 92 in the shade. I thought this was an Al Gore movie, so I was kind of relieved. <laughs> we never get, yeah, the year of, they ran in 92, and it was one of these uh, global warming thing. Yeah, right, global warming. 92, 92 I didn't think about that. Look here at these here Rocky Mountains. Can you see the snow disappearance over a decade? <laughs> this shit's for real, folks. An inconvenient sequel. That was my favorite uh, Apollo. So basically, now it's like I'm ruined. If I had, if I don't have a pot to piss in. Okay, I'll lend you my boat on the days I'm off. Of course, there'll be a small fee, you know. Right. Ooh, now it's like, are you going to kill that kid? You know, are you going to shoot him? Because he took <laughs> right. away your livelihood. He is a murderer. The thing is. There was it was a justified murder and it was manslaughter because he didn't really understand that what he was doing was going to really lead to the guy's death. That's why he's not even in prison today. So he isn't really a murderer as much as he's capable of it. He's done it before. He beats some bad guy so senseless. So right now he's like, since I recently didn't shoot myself, I kinda taken a not liking to shooting anybody. So it's weird. Harry Dan Stanton, Carter's characters, like egging him, like, you're going to take that from that boy, you know? And Look at Hickley with a cigar. It's like he's 70 years old. Yeah, he, he will be, right? Right. Well, the th- so anyway, the, the director's point is 
it's it's not ambiguous. It's undecided. Is he going to kill the kid or not? You know, I mean, it took a hell of a nerve to blow up a man's boat. Yeah, they played a joke on him. Yeah, they humiliated him. You got no place being a skip captain. Ha ha. But still, to bur build a bur burnt. They had all that dynamite in that boat. Did you see that large explosion? To blow up yeah. a guy's boat. It's, it's good. Not cool. Yeah, it's not cool. It was justified and not cool. To kill him isn't cool. I don't know. The director's doing a good, the writer's doing a good job here. He's a director, Carl. Yeah, but Bunch he also knowledge his director is. <laughs> oh my God, who the fuck is this guy? Is that this Burgess? Is Burgess Meredith. Basically, <clears throat> we're finding out if you want, look, what do you want to do for a living? I want to be a skiff boat captain. How much did that cost you? $4,000. Okay, I'll stake you. You, I'll give you the money and you owe me. Oh, what did that? What did that? So listen, when the director moved to Florida, to the Keys, with his wife, Becky, who was Jimmy Buffett's sister, their house was a major drinking and partying place. Artists, writers, poets, they've listed some names here. I never heard of them, a famous photographer, and Jimmy Buffett would be there. So it was Who's a party it? house. What uh, about Mickey Mouse from Florida, from Disney World? Did he party there? <laughs> well... They things in the 50s were hush hush, even though the reporters knew they just didn't report stuff yeah, they didn't like report. that. So it's not clear, it's not clear. Would you so want anyway? Like a lot of the internet feels that I mean, he was so lucky to be given okay. This Rancho Deluxe he wrote was a big commercial hit. So that your English company, what was it? IC, ITC. They said, okay, this guy wrote a book, you know, he can direct it, he can write the script, we got a hit here. It was not a hit, it flopped, but the internet thinks he flittered it all away with his wild parties. He was very lucky to direct with no experience. Yeah. So, well, I mean, this, this movie is well, it's well shot, it's not like a piece of shit movie, so they must have used some professional, uh, industry people in Florida to, to shoot it, right? I mean, and these are all real actors. Well, a guy named Michael Butler was the photographer, and yes, this had a serious-ass budget, and you can see they hired their stars. You know. Yeah. Uh, basically, right now, what we're going to see is a frustration scene in which he resolves that he really should kill that boy just because he said so. He's smoking fish, and he's going to get pissed off at the fact that he's making work for himself. I don't want to smoke these fish. Let me no, put it up. Let me put it up. All right. He's smoking in the old refrigerator? Yeah, I'm the old refrigerator. Let's play hide and seek in the old refrigerator. See, he's having he's like, why am I doing this? I'm making work for myself. Now, is this an indica-dominant fish he's smoking, or is it sativa? Uh, this is an indica fish. <laughs> the now he's mad at himself because he's a stupid person. Oh, I love this guy. Yeah, he's a great actor, and he... Just a weird-looking dude. Right, those are the guys that like if I step on someone's foot walking down the street, I look up it's fucking Warren Oates. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Why don't you walk where you go? <laughs> look, he's got his gun. Yeah. 
Now he's having a crisis in which it's like, I need to kill that kid because I said I would. But I'm not in the killing business no more. Right. So he's like, sometimes...